Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson. It's good to have you with us today. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of time with us for our little podcast that we do here. Steve and I have been doing this for a while. We uh, have been uh, doing podcasts for several years. We work with churches exclusively, and uh, we we have products with our company called JSL Solutions. And just very ever so quickly, Steve, tell us Tell our listeners, just in case they're new, you know, who, who are we and what do we do? Right. We serve ministry with streaming products, um, church management, mobile apps, and that kind of thing. We're the technology arm for the church. There you go. And we do love churches and we like to help churches. And and uh, we tend to tend, we'll, we'll do different subjects on this podcast. Sometimes it's tech related. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's uh, other stuff involving church stuff. But today... It's tech-related, right? Yes. Two in a row. Wow. Yeah, two in a row. That's a, that's a record. So who's our guest today, Steve? So we have Mark Hanna with us. Mark Hanna. Hey. Hi, Mark. Hey, How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? We're, we're doing well. So according to your bio here, you say you're a recovering Baptist. Is, <laughs> yes. Is there a 12-step program for that? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm on step eleven. Okay. Uh, I'm not quite there yet, All but right. Uh, <laughs> All right, you're married, got a couple couple boys. How old are your boys? Uh, my boys are nine and twelve. Oh, that's a fun age. Yeah, uh, they are. They are at a really fun age. All right, well, good deal. And so, Mark, uh, according to his bio, he's been involved in the video industry for quite a while now. Back in 2004, he did a, a lot of different things out there, even did some weddings for a company. Even according to this, you did some basketball games for ESPN. That's pretty yeah. impressive. That Was was uh, that fun? It was, uh, it was an interesting ride, I'll tell you that. Uh, we went on the road with an ESPN subcontractor. Yeah. So if you ask anyone from ESPN if they've ever heard of me, the answer is going to be no. <laughs> uh, However, uh, the company that I worked with at the time actually produced the very first original content that was ever put out on ESPN's website. Mm-hmm. I guess ESPN3 is what it was at the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the first original content that ever went to that site that wasn't a replay of something off ESPN or ESPNU or something like that was uh, a game that we produced. Oh, so cool. That is, that is my quote-unquote claim to fame. There you go. Well, good deal. And uh, you've been the director of IMAG for Hope Community Church. Now, is that out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina? Yes, it is. Is that where? And that's obviously where you live, right? Yes, I'm in Raleigh. Oh, awesome! That's a pretty. That's a pretty city. I haven't been there for a long time, but I was there years ago and really enjoyed myself. Nice, nice town there. I love that area. Yeah. There. We like it here. We've been here about 15 years and really, really enjoy it. Yeah, good deal. All right, so Hope Community Church, you've, you've been working with them, uh, and and uh, it's a pretty good-sized church now. It's what, over 10,000 people attend? A, a little over 10,000. We we had a little over 18,000 for Easter. Oh, wow. That's nice. That's great. So, awesome. and, and that's that's a big crowd. That's not necessarily a big church. I, I would like to just get that out there. The church is not that, that big. The crowd is that big. And those are two totally separate things. Okay. So, yeah, well, good deal. And, and now you're back. I mean, you've been, you, you've had, is it FXN productions? Is that what it yeah. is that you're with? Okay. And, yeah. and so that's what you're really doing now. I mean, you still help out at hope, I guess at times, but you're doing FXN productions. And so we'll talk to you a little bit about that. As time goes on, I know that you speak and 
at conferences and you, you do some training and consulting for churches and do some writing. Yep. I think that's how I found you. And so today we're going to discuss the, uh, the topic called IMAG, I-M-A-G. So for people that don't know anything about IMAG, like me, uh, what is, tell, tell me, what is IMAG? What is this? Uh, well, IMAG is, is a abbreviation for image magnification. Uh, and typically what it, what it means is making something bigger on a projected screen or a TV than it is to the naked eye. That's the long and short version of it. Okay. And, and so, uh, so IMAG is something that not all churches would have to use, but why would you want to use IMAG? Oh, there's a lot of reasons to use it. In fact, I, I could go on. I don't think your podcast is long enough for me to go into all the reasons to use it. But I would uh, preface that with you did hit the nail on the head with not every church has to and not every church should. But if you were going to, uh, some of the main reasons to use it are because you have a big auditorium. Uh, if you look at communication in general, communication is between 70 and 80 percent nonverbal. So when you're talking to someone, if you were to say yes and shake your head no, the no is going to win 70% of the times in that conversation. Right, yeah. I do that quite often too, by the way, but go ahead. There you go. So in doing that, when you're having uh, your pastor speak to the congregation – being able to see his facial expression and be able to get pick up on that other 70% of communication that you may not be able to see from the back row mm-hmm. is kind of important because that's uh, a big chunk of what's actually happening as they're, as they're communicating. And if you can't see the speaker, you know, you can't see his facial expressions. Uh, if you can't, you know, see his emotional state and things like that, you're losing a lot of the, the content and a lot of the context of what they're saying. So bringing the back row into that front row experience is really kind of the point of why you would want to do something like this. So if you have an auditorium or a, a room that's big enough that the back row can't make out those facial expressions, okay. IMAG might be something worth considering to make that, that back row not feel so lonely out there, as it were, and not miss so much of the communication. Is this um, I mean, kind of like a jumbotron, right? Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, where you, exactly. You can't quite make out what's going on on the field, but you look up at the jumbotron, you can see what's going on. So the iMag is is up there behind or a, alongside the, whatever's going on on stage, or what's exactly. Typical. Okay, that's. Yeah. Typically, and, and, and there is no typical here. I think mm-hmm. I think lots of churches do it lots of different ways. I've seen it done different ways, and I've seen it done successfully a bunch of different ways. Um, the way we do it is we typically flank our stage with projector screens that are 20 feet wide. And so we'll put a shot up uh, on that on that screen that's usually um, – uh, not not a headshot, but like a bust shot, you know, mid chest mm-hmm. up of the pastor, uh, and it at a twenty foot screen when he's that big, you get every single detail everywhere in the room of what the pastor looks like and what his facial expressions are because his head's almost twenty feet big at that point, so mm-hmm. you can't miss it. <laughs> so this is getting off topic. Well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But so does the pastor wear makeup because of this, or should he <laughs> should he or she wear makeup? We have encouraged that for years and years and years, and um, much to my chagrin, it has never happened. Um, in fact, uh, on a side note, just because you went there, I'll track this down a little bit. Our pastor used to, when he had hair, uh, use a lot of hairspray. 
And uh, <laughs> I actually had to call him aside one day and talk to him about his hairspray usage because he was putting enough hairspray on his hair that it was getting on his head and it was making his forehead really shiny. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's yeah. that's not a comfortable conversation to have with your pastor when you have to call him aside and tell him he's using too much product. That's <laughs> that's just not a good day. That, that's not – it seems like somebody it's, told me – I can't remember this now who it was. It might have been one of our customers because we do streaming video. And somebody said that they give their pastor a little bit of red wine before the <laughs> sermon to, to, to give him some color in his cheeks. And I'm sure some of our listeners are freaking out over this because we mentioned wine. But uh, but then there's others that probably have no problem with it. So, uh, but I, I conceptually, heard that I love this idea. Yeah, I think it's a great <laughs> idea. And, and and I started to do it myself before I speak, and I'm not even on TV anymore. So, but anyhow, I'm just kidding. I haven't done that. I'm I kidding. remember the advent <laughs> of HD, and a lot of the personalities are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't handle HD. They can see every hair on my head." Well, and, and and now we have 4K coming around, and there's just no telling what that's yeah, going to do to everybody. So this 20 20 foot uh, head on the screen, they're they're got to be really nervous about that too. Yeah. Uh, well, and then I'm sorry, Dave, we're getting off track here, but I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we had well Steve's church. I used to be a part of Steve's church. I used to be on staff there, but uh, we've got and you you still have Dan Murray's attending a live church, right? Dan Dan's a newscaster here in Tucson, and uh, I think Dan was showing Jeff Love. Who's Jeff's or who is Steve's senior pastor and old friend of mine? I think he started to show him how to do some makeup uh, because Dan Mari's on TV all the time. I guess wears yeah. obviously wears some makeup. Sure, and sure. So he was showing Jeff. I think I don't know if Jeff wears makeup or not, but we've probably alienated a large chunk of our podcasters now. <laughs> if you're conservative, <laughs> you may have a problem with this. But hey, I'm just telling you the way it is. So. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I, I will say I know there are pastors out there that do go to that extent, and I have no problem with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I okay, go for it, you know. But anyhow, now we're way off track here. So, so <laughs> iMag, so it's magnifying, especially since you know if you have a larger room or a larger auditorium, really helps, uh, you know, magnify obviously those. The, the speaker for the most part and, and other right. things like that. So let's keep going on this a little bit. So that's the practical reason for it. Uh, philosophical, any other thoughts on as we dig yeah. into this reasons for iMag? Absolutely. I've got a number of, of, like I said, number of good reasons for iMag, but, um, philosophically it's, 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 I, I, like I said, I think communication is, is, you know, depending on who you talk to, it's, it's uh, communication is a lot nonverbal. So from a philosophical standpoint, it makes sense to me to, if your room warrants it, that this is a good decision. I think, um, there's also, I, I think there's a solid doctrinal argument you can be made for it about, um, depending on how you do iMag, we typically also do iMag for worship. Um, so I'll have camera operators on the stage and, um, moving about on stage during our worship set. And a lot of that boils down to, I think, uh, from an artistic standpoint, we're trying to create something that's visually appealing to everybody. And I liken it kind of back to looking at stained glass in, in a traditional church. It's not quite, uh, quite as a, I'll, I'll argue it's not quite as effective as stained glass, which is usually used as a good mnemonic device, you know, to help encourage, uh, people to remember certain Bible verses, you know, a lot of stained glass depicts certain, uh, areas of the Bible. And right. if you, you know, if you're in a nice traditional church that has 
10 or 12 stained glass windows, you might be able to do a whole book of the Bible, not verse for verse by memory, but story by story, just by going around the room. And having access to that liturgy, I think, is is really, really cool. And I, I don't think we can make the argument that IMAG uh, functions in that respect. But the fact that all of this stuff in stained glass is also beautiful, I think, which is is another appealing aspect of it. You have that ability to to do something creative and something uh, aesthetically pleasing and interesting uh, to people in the audience. And I think for a lot of people, especially people who haven't been to church in a long time, when they come in and see something like that, it, it kind of has a very different appeal than um, what a lot of people – conceptually think of especially people who don't go to church when you say hey something about a church what the image they call to their mind is typically not say hope community church i I would say doesn't typically fall into the mind of most people when you say hey something about church that's they don't call in an auditorium of 1400 people and you know huge technological investments and a big stage and a rock band and that's not typically what comes to their mind yeah exactly i remember um Way back when the the pastor's son of the church I was going to said he was going to they're going to have a drum set when he's leading worship and I'm like you got to be crazy <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now it's just commonplace everywhere it's like drums on the uh, stage. I- and, and that's exactly it. There's a lot of, when it comes to camera work, there's a lot of different ways a lot of churches would look at that. I, I uh, also help out at another church locally, and they do not put cameras uh, operators on the stage for the reason of they don't want to distract anyone You know, with a guy walking around on the stage, right. uh, detract, detracting from what's going on on the stage. We do that at Hope all the time, and I'm not saying that that's right, wrong, or indifferent. It's a phil- uh, not philosophical. Well, I guess it is a little bit of a philosophical difference. They feel that that's going to be a distraction. I can see where that's coming from, and I, I don't even really have a good argument against the fact that it is a distraction, except that for a lot of people, an electric guitar is also a distraction. Right. No. I think I'll, cons- I'll concede the point that people that don't like electric guitars are not going to like cameras anymore, but, <laughs> but the, the point is still the same. I mean, you can run that extent down to, you know, why do you even have electricity in the church if you're not careful? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think some of this is. I, I guess a culture that you're that you're setting in your church. I mean, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, newer people walking in the door. I mean, it, it reminds people, hey, uh, this church is actually in the 21st century. And That's right. They're actually using technology, which you know, obviously, we are big proponents of that. Uh, sure. Yeah, but there's, I mean, there's, you can do IMAG without having someone on stage, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Right. There's, there's, it's not a requirement. there's a lot of different ways you could do that, like. Um, in fact, for our, our pastor sits when he preaches because he has really, really bad knees. Um, old football injury, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, he's got bad knees. And so him walking around for 45 minutes while he's talking is not really going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. So we don't even change camera shots when he's speaking because he's not moving. Right. So at, anytime we cut cameras, it would actually you know, detract from whatever we're doing. We're drawing more attention to the fact that there's something going on than we are trying to enforce what it is he's saying. So for us in that environment, only having one camera pointed at him and using that one shot for a a whole 45 minutes is completely viable. Now, if your pastor's walking around and bouncing up and down off the stage and and using all of your square footage on the stage and walking in and out of the light, one camera may not be sufficient. But if you have, like I said, our situation, we have seven cameras. We could pretty well accommodate whatever was going to happen. But for the message, we typically only use one Interesting. and we just sit with it. 
and that's part of the reason we don't uh, our streaming is is getting off on a, an interesting step is because our program feed is just that one camera, which is great if you're in the room, but that doesn't really speak to your audience if they're not in the room, if they're at home watching the podcast. Seeing one shot for 45 minutes that's a bus shot of a guy talking is going to be the most boring thing they've ever experienced. Right. And and that's not got any, you know, when it comes to streaming, I think, or your streaming audience, there's not a lot of value in that. So in the room, it makes perfect sense. To a streaming audience, uh, that doesn't make as much sense to me. And that's right. part of the reason we've we've gone back and forth on our, our streaming solution is trying to accommodate accommodate the proper audience with the proper uh, content. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned you had seven cameras. How many of those are, are mobile as opposed to, uh, we, you know, at stage have, or something? We have two on stage that uh, we have two guys carrying. We have a third one in the back. Uh, that is our main cam that is uh, on a tripod that is manned. And then we have uh, one that is sometimes manned that's on a, a, a dolly that kind of tracks back and forth. And then we have a couple of PTZs. Uh, and the PTZs are not usually manned. They're usually more throwaway shots. You know, one will be locked up on the drums and one will be locked up on a stage wide shot or uh, a medium shot of the worship leader. Yeah. And uh, we cut between those. So we really only we can run with as many as five or five camera operators. We can use as few as two. Fascinating. Interesting. All right. So let's talk a little bit. All right. IMAG. So there are probably some right ways to do it and some wrong ways to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell us, a, expound our knowledge on this. I mean, what are, what are some good ways to do it? And maybe some, some ways you should avoid. Well, the 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 key word there being iMag, anything that is bringing content smaller to the screen than it is to the naked eye has pretty much defeated the purpose of having it up there to begin right. with. Okay, you've done you've done iMin at that point, and and <laughs> you you've missed it. Um, at least when it comes to communication, I think there's a solid argument to be made during worship that a wide shot can have a, a certain aesthetic that can be useful, but for your streaming audience or your overflow audience or uh, your in the room audience when someone's speaking, having a wider shot uh, showing the pastor smaller than he is to the naked eye has no value whatsoever. Uh, So that's, that's definitely a wrong way to do it. Uh, Also, I think typically using, using a smaller consumer grade cameras is not going to get you something you're happy with. Uh, especially because I think most churches, and I'm I'm painting with a broad brush here, which is usually dangerous, but I I think this one's kind of safe. Most churches are going to put their cameras at the back of the room because of you don't want to you don't want your cameras encroaching on your your seating audience right. you don't want to take up seats and put a camera position there and you don't want your camera position blocking sight lines for your your crowd that's actually in the room which unfortunately means in a big chunk of churches the cameras are going to be located either in the aisle or at the back of the room um, and as a result if your room is doesn't even have to be particularly large uh, before you get out of range from a camera that's 30 or 40 feet away from getting a, a shot that's really viable and usable for iMag, especially in a consumer-grade camera. Um, and I've, I've heard of some guys that are using uh, DSLRs for iMag, and uh, that is that one to me is just super dangerous. Uh, DSLRs for, uh, for a lot of reasons, but the, the main one is because a lot of DSLRs uh, – 
they've overcome this more recently, but a lot of DSLRs won't run continuously for long periods of time. Um, I, I shoot on a 7D pretty regularly, and it stops after about 10 minutes one way or another. Mm-hmm. You can start it back up again real fast, but if you do that two or three times, it will overheat and will eventually shut down and say, no, I'm not working anymore for 10, 15 minutes. You're done. Um between that and the fact that a lot of DSLRs, you cannot remove all of the uh, EVF information from the screen. So you're going to end up with a battery signal or a, a bracket or a crosshair or a runtime or something to that effect is going to end up in the shot. And so if if you're trying to internally design a system and you're looking at a DSLR for iMag, you may have made a mistake. Yeah, I don't know if we have do you know, we have any customers that, are, that talk about DSLRs I, for – I don't – we probably do. I don't we know. We may. Yeah, I know that <laughs> we have all I sorts. personally have a DSLR for uh, for just personal stuff, and uh, I, le- I didn't realize that it would shoot video as well. So, yeah. yeah. Most so, of them do, especially yeah. now. And that's, that's part of the reason that that's become a thing is because a lot of – I think also a lot of churches get cameras and try to force – a camera to do multiple jobs. So they'll get a DSLR and they'll use it to record the services on the weekend and they'll use it to record uh, message or pre-service videos or, or videos to be used during the message or things of that nature, uh, internally produced content. And while a DSLR is probably a really great camera for internally produced content, it's probably not a really great camera for trying to shoot a long format uh, event. Right. And they're not inexpensive either. So there's... Yeah. They're they're coming down in price, but I would agree with you. Yeah. They're they're not. It is still an investment, but that I, I'd say the threshold of that investment has come down to a very very reasonable level in a lot of cases. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the DSLR, the the video side of it is oh, and it does this too. Is kind of the and you're looking yes. at DSLRs for something else than other than video typically. Yeah, and for for shooting post produced content, internal content, you know, story videos and and uh, uh, people doing their testimony and stuff, a DSLR is a fantastic answer. It's it's probably even the best answer. I uh, could be argued, um, but it's it's not going to be great in a long format environment. It's just it's the wrong it's wrong on a lot of accounts. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I saw something at a church um, a while ago. Phil was with me as well. That I that really intrigued me, and I thought it was a great idea. And some others said that's a terrible idea. And I tried to implement it at my church. I wanted to get your opinion on it as well. But uh, we were at a church, and they had mounted a camera on the neck of a guitar. And so they had, <laughs> they had a bunch of different you know shots as well. But they would go to this you know the the guitar solos going on and. And it was a shot down the neck of the guitar, which I thought was just really cool. But sure. uh, people at uh, you know, others at, at church, when I was trying to you know move it forward, and they're like, "No, that's a terrible idea." What's what's your take on that? Uh, I think uh, everything in moderation, and there's a time and place for everything. We it would not be out of out of character for us to have a shot like that. Typically, ours is not going to be a camera necessarily mounted to the guitar for uh, that quite of a POV. But uh, we have our guys on stage will regularly get a shot that I would say is is very, very, very similar to that that style of shot. Something very close to just strings and fretboard and maybe some fingers. Right. And uh, I, I think in 
in a proper setting, there is some value in that. And there is, uh, I think there's an aesthetic to it. And when it comes to uh, IMAG for worship, when you're highlighting something, when, like you said, during a guitar solo, when that's where the action is, I think that shot's pretty viable. And if your church is a church that has an electric guitar that is going to do a guitar solo, then it doesn't seem to me like it should be that far of a stretch. Right. Uh, however, I would also say with POV, if you have any uh, POV meaning point of view for anybody who's not familiar with that abbreviation, um, point of view cameras, especially point of view cameras that are mounted on uh, movable objects, can a lot of times be a little bit disconcerting if the object they're mounted to is moving drastically. Yeah, and you can uh, tell, yeah. Yeah, I would say I have two or three guitar players that I would not hesitate in a moment to put a POV cam on the end of the, their guitar with go with it. I have two or three guitar players that under no circumstances would that be something I would consider. <laughs> you get motion sickness going. You'd get, in the you'd, it would be Blair Witch all over the place. <laughs> and that's just not going to work. <laughs> Well, so Steve got some healing there because he's he's been dealing with rejection on this. Issue. I have. They they took my cam. I actually bought myself a, a wireless camera and a whole wireless setup. And actually, my son um, led worship for a while, and so he and some other willing guitarists were uh, were guinea pigs. But guinea pigs. They eventually <laughs> took my camera and locked it in a drawer and said no more of this. So, and we t- I thought we tastefully, you know, it wasn't like we're going to do a whole service with the the sure. job, but we had you know five five ten seconds during you know crucial parts of the worship. I thought it was it was a good way to mix it up. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think that shot would be out of place in our worship iMag by any stretch of the imagination. We actually have uh, a POV cam that we leave locked up on the drums. That is a close up of the drums, and that's that's all it is. And that shot doesn't get used a ton, right. but two or three times during uh, a worship set is not out of the question, especially if you have a song that's really drum heavy. But we would go to a shot like that, and I, I don't think a like I said in, in our culture and environment that shot would not be particularly out of place no i don't think so either we had actually when i was doing the guitar one we had a we had a drum one a camera mounted above the drum the drummer that was pointing straight down at the drummer they didn't have a problem with that right uh, they didn't didn't like it much either because it went away (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so you're you're losing all of the cameras is what it sounds like (laughs) well it was they were it wasn't Part of the problem would may have been it wasn't a great camera, but it was you know it was it was another angle, another view, so another yeah. Well, well, and I, I would I would say, and you've hit, you've hit kind of on a good point here when it comes to implementing these type of things. It is really important to go slow. Uh, we had when we first started doing IMAG in our auditorium, we actually for the first oh three or four months that we were in the new auditorium and had the cameras set up ready to go for this. We had the iMag capability and we recorded it in the back, but we never showed it in the auditorium. They got full screen graphics with text on it, but they had three months of seeing guys in black shirts walking around with cameras who effectively were doing nothing. They were, you know, we were practicing and making sure, Hey, these are the shots we can get. This is what this looks like. Here's how this is going to work. This is how our flow is going to be. And so we were kind of working internally on how this is going to look when it finally moves forward. But 
we had three months of desensitizing our congregation to, hey, there are guys with cameras walking around. And then when we finally implemented it, it was three songs of full screen graphics and one song of iMag. Hmm. And then later on, it was two and two and three and one. And now we do almost no songs with full screen graphics and it's iMag pretty much start to finish. But that was a, a change that was implemented slowly over a long period of time. I I think that's an important uh, point, Mark, is that uh, for a lot of things you want to do in your church, uh, and I think it's almost across the board. Sometimes you do have to kind of move slow. Uh, I, be, I was spoiled because the several first several churches I work with, we were pretty flexible and pretty quick. But I'm actually working part-time with a, a little church, and I've learned the hard way that implementing things sometimes take a, it's a little bit of a process. Uh, you know, you got to move slow on those things. So, so Mark, we're we're running out of time here. We've if anybody else is listening, we've uh, I think we've isolated. We've probably Isolated Baptist, because we mentioned you were covering Baptist, so they're probably gone. We mentioned hairspray, uh, yep. wine. Uh, uh, makeup on the pastor. Makeup, so I don't think yeah. anybody's left. But I, I don't uh, know what your demographic is, but I can think of a number of people that would have tuned out a long time ago. Exactly. Well, you know. And so... <laughs> Uh, so, so we're out of time. So you, I want to, how can people get a hold of you? How can people find you? I mean, should they go to fxnproductions.com? Is that, is that the website? Yep. Okay. That's the website. That's the best way to get a hold of me. That's kind of my catch all blog slash, uh, client facing okay. site for, uh, I send people there because it has my video reel and, and photography reel and stuff like that on there okay. and, uh, information about, uh, me and what kind of what I do. And then, uh, blog blog articles on you know imag and other things like that 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 kind of pop into my head so that's the best way to get a hold of me i'm also on twitter at mark hhcc so uh, i haven't i don't remember the last time i tweeted but if somebody hits me from there i will respond you'll get the correct (laughs) message on so fxnproductions.com is is where you can find mark good material good stuff on his website so mark we're i feel bad we're out of time but we definitely want to have you back again to talk about something else absolutely i would look forward to that that would be awesome and and folks if you want to get a hold of us uh, you can send your complaints to Steve at streamingchurch.tv. Uh, if you have something good to say, you can send it to Phil at streamingchurch.tv. Uh, but but seriously, if you want to, if you have some feedback on this, uh, some ideas on iMag, uh, maybe you have some questions about iMag, uh, you can certainly send us the questions, and we'll get a hold of Mark, and we'll open up the avenue there. Absolutely glad to do that. Yeah, awesome. All right, good. Well, again, sorry we're out of time, but Mark, thank you so much. We've been speaking with Mark Hanna, and uh, we appreciate your time this, today. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us on the oh, church. I love it, guys. Yeah, well, we're, we're glad to have you here. So, uh, folks, until next time, we'll catch you again on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care. <laughs>